guess it's done. Hello. I was I hoping. You, honestly, Dylan, your editing, your editing skills are getting way, way uh, good, way gooder, way gooder than before. Oh yeah. Uh, Michael, pick pick up the pieces, please. <laughs> I was hoping to avoid some I drank your milkshake things because it's really not it's really not a part like it's not like huge in this movie. It's just one line. Well, I really don't read the episode summaries. It's it is one no, line. No, I, but... I did. I, I did once you because I thought Zach wrote them, so I usually skipped them. But once you said that you wrote them, I was like, all right, well, maybe I should read these. <laughs> he uses my template, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But yeah, milkshake. So, so, milk, milkshake, though. Like, honestly, like, yeah, it's, it's not a really big scene, but there's something about that scene that is just it, so brilliant and so weird. Yeah. And it's also one of the. Uh, it's actually like an original thing that, uh, that that Daniel said in real life. So that was like a quote from him. Uh, so that that's why they they made sure they used that. It's taken from an actual congressional testimony. Well, there was also a book called The Oil that this mm-hmm. movie's based on, and yeah, there is a person oil. in there that uses that line, and that's what Daniel was like made after or whatever. So um, I think that's what it was. No, I could be wrong. I have no idea. That's what I read, so I, I thought that was accurate. But anyway, this the, is Michael's show, so go for it. I'm yeah, just old ZW. No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. I mean, we're yeah, we're just hanging out. Um, just hanging so, out. So, so yeah, no, the book was called Just Oil, mm-hmm. and I never read it. Um, but <laughs> my wife tells me that it's it's uh, it's told from the point of view of HW, the mm-hmm. son. So like. I'm sure there was something in there about milkshakes and how he drinks them. And I have a straw that goes across. <laughs> I have a straw that goes across this room. We'll yeah. get to that scene. It's, it's really, but rewatching that is, that reminded me of that weird SNL skit with, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, with Barry from HBO show, Barry, uh, where, where he keeps just singing about milkshakes. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, my number two movie, uh, there will be blood. This is, I don't normally like good movies. I'm not one for drama or like epics or like big sweeping dramas and stuff. I like comedies. I like horror movies and I like action movies. I like dumb movies, but there is something that gripped me about this movie this movie not a word gets said for the first 20 minutes of this movie and i'm sitting there enthralled by every second of it yeah (laughs) like well there is there is a lens to look at this movie as though it's a horror movie if you listen to the score and the soundtrack it is a horror soundtrack the score is the score definitely stuck out to me this time watching it because, like, other than the fact that you're seeing a lot of bright images, this movie is a downer. It ends negatively. Oh. It is depressing. And for the most part, it is a horror movie where they view, at least Daniel views oil like a religion and absolutely a war's religion, which is so interesting. Uh, so, yeah, this movie, if you think about it, this movie is like a, a horror movie uh, that is depressing and evil. And in that aspect, it is one of your movies that makes sense yeah. like, it, it makes sense it re- yeah it really is because 
there is no there is no protagonist in this movie. Everyone sucks. <laughs> like yeah. um it, HW and uh Mary are the only sympathetic characters in this movie. Yeah, and Not they're so. hardly in it really. Right. And this was the first time I realized what HW stands for. And I don't I don't know why that skipped over me the first time. Uh, but do you guys know what HW stands for? Human worker. Human worker. Oh. He is the little kid is just a human worker to him, and that's it. Oh. And and when you look at it from that point of view, you're like, yeah, he really doesn't care about anything except his own determination. Yeah, it's I was actually, when I was watching it this time, I was like, does he have any actual love for this child at all? Because it sure outwardly looks like he does, but he turns on him in a second. It's like, oh, I'm going to start my own oil business. Oh, well, then you're my enemy. And, you know, I don't care about the last 25 years you're well, he, you're he just a rival now. I don't think he has love uh for anybody or anything. I think that he has remorse for there's a couple scenes in this movie that you can tell that he's really soaking in a lot of his actions uh towards the end when he's reading in uh, when he's reading his actual brother's you know when we're gonna get to that in his actual brother's journal, but you can tell that he's like he has feelings for yeah. some things and I don't think he loves HW, but I do think that he needs another one of himself. And I think that he was looking at HW as that because he he's very clear. I hate everybody. I hate everything. I'm better than every single person. And I think this whole movie was just him looking for another one of him. To, to be around while hating everybody else. Uh, it, it's such a great movie, and I'm so glad that, that you suge uh, you suggested this, because I'm not sure if I would have came back to this one right away. Uh, something about it just seems weighty and heavy. Um, it's very it's very heavy. There's, there's no light points in this movie, but again, it's... I, I think it's edited in a way that nothing... Nothing like holds on for longer than it has to everything lasts exactly as long as it should so it never feels like it slows down it never feels like a slog at any at no point in this movie does it slog it gets slow but it never feels like well, all right. Yeah, this no, part needs to end. <laughs> you're right. It gets slow in the way like the Bible gets slow and the way great stories get slow because you're like man shit is about to go down just let's get to it but i yeah i agree like the, every every second is purposeful in this movie uh every every little thing that you see means just so much and it, i don't know if it's just because of daniel day lewis or uh, there's something about it that just gives this movie such an like an epic huge feel and uh yeah, great movie let's get into it there are, there are very few actors that could have pulled this off <laughs> yeah i mean i was what, actually what, i was talking oh, sorry. i was i was talking at work about this movie this is one of my co-workers like favorite movies of all time he said i've watched this thing 40 times he said Ugh. and i he's like he's like I, I cry at the end because of how beautiful this thing is and i'm like i get it um because this is like the fourth time i've watched this and i don't re-watch movies 
very often. And I definitely don't rewatch two and a half hour movies <laughs> very often. But this one gets better every time I see it. You, you catch new things. And yeah, we were talking about it. And I was talking about um, how we watch Dances with Wolves. And all I could think about after whoever suggested it, that it was the last of the Mohicans was, <laughs> was man, this movie would be so much better with Daniel Day-Lewis instead of Costner. Mm -hmm. And then I'm yeah. thinking like, what if someone like Kevin Costner would have tried to take this role? It would have been awful. Yeah, I think so. Um, and, and the thing is, like, there's not many actors that have, uh, I, I'm going to use the word like gravitas, and I hate that word, but there's uh -huh. not many actors that have like that kind of uh, just, just that guttural feeling when they hop in front of a movie screen. And you're like, all right, man, I, whatever you're doing, I'm in, dude. Like, I will always hop in your backpack. Uh, when it comes to a Dan Day Lewis movie, you can always <laughs> trust that he's going to do the right thing. You know what I mean? And yeah. I always want to be the little Yoda in his thing while he's flipping around <laughs> or leather working or whatever it is that dude's doing. I think he's in retirement right now. Um, but yeah, Dan Day Lewis does a great job. And th this movie is, I don't even think this is his best movie. But there is not a way this movie could be done without him in it. No. And I think one of the trivia notes that I read was that uh, the, the, a lot of the money was banking on the fact that Daniel Day-Lewis would be in this. And if he wasn't, if he didn't uh, accept it, this movie would not have been made. So, um, yeah. I'm, and that I'm would have been the right call. Yeah. <laughs> to not do this movie without him. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's, from the very beginning, like I said, it, it's almost 20 minutes into this movie before a line of dialogue is, is uttered. We're just watching him mine silver and you know, we're, I, I don't know how they did it, but like him with the pickaxe and he puts the dynamite into the well, like into the wall and he lights it and then he slowly climbs up the thing and then it explodes. And then like, I don't know how they got this shot of him falling down that well, but that is brutal. <laughs> and it like, you can see it's not, it's definitely not a dummy. It's definitely a stunt person. And that sucks. Like that sucks for that person because he hit something on the way down there. <laughs> and it is, it's one of the most brutal, like, I watch I watch a lot of horror movies and very few things make me like cringe when it happens on screen. But when he hits that like piece of scaffolding on his way down, I was like, oh, God. And then they show his leg and it's like backwards. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. So from from second one of this movie, it's it's got me. It's it's got me hooked. Um, yeah, but if you think about like exposition, like this is such great character development without any words whatsoever. Like you see that this guy is just all determination, all just I'm going to muscle my way through this. There's nobody that can do this but me. I am yeah. stronger than anybody. I am tougher. Like to, the, watching him pull himself out of that hole after that broken leg, you're mm -hmm. like, why would nobody else would try it. Everyone would like, I, like I'm, I'm dead. I, I'm yeah. dead. Whatever. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm in, uh, except for maybe James Franco. Uh, but, but F that guy. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, him just pulling, I mean, once again, great acting, but just him pulling himself out of there and then realizing that he pretty much pulled himself to town. Um, yeah. You, he pulls himself to town and to, 
to the place where he sells the silver and he brought the silver with him. <laughs> like yeah. he didn't, he didn't just pull himself out of, out of the mine. He brought with him what he went down there for, because that, that thing. And it's, it's a little detail that I missed until this time, but they show him signing his name and it's like, pristine it's like a perfect signature beautiful like penmanship and everything and then that'll come back later <laughs> is his signature um the, this movie establishes everything you need to know about him without a single line of dialogue in the first 10 minutes of the movie yeah <laughs> how he yeah. how he neglects his son over uh in return he overemphasizes what he's digging up how he doesn't let small things stop him how he doesn't, how he doesn't let big things stop him. <laughs> doesn't let big things stop him. Yeah. Um, this, it, it is, this movie is put together in a very, very, very cohesive and like a care to detail way. Um, and it's interesting when you said that um, things don't last longer than they need to. There's a lot of lingering shots, at least in the first part of this. Just, and as the movie goes on, there's a lot of single takes of just Daniel Day Lewis just devouring the scenery in yeah. the best way possible. <laughs> but a lot of his longer monologues are delivered in single shots, which is a testament to the craft that went into the movie. And yeah, no, um, this is the first time I had seen this. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yes. Um, I remember when it came out and I remember instead of watching this, I watched no country, no for, country old men. for old no country men. For old men. Um, yeah. 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 There's which I also love. Yeah, yeah. Which is also a great movie. Mm -hmm. um, and I just never got around to watching this. It was like, it, it never really, you know, it's one of those movies that you know about from reputation. And I'm, I was like, yeah, sure. At some point I'll catch it. I expected to see it on like USA or something. And <laughs> so it was nice to have an opportunity to like watch it for a purpose and really mm -hmm. kind of absorb this as like, oh, I see. And it's one of those movies you sleep on and you're like, oh, okay, I probably should have watched this earlier so I could have watched it more than just once by now. Yeah. Yeah, they actually shot this movie at the same location they shot No Country for Old Men. And there was actually an issue, uh, and they would like go teach our set all the time, but there was an issue in um, uh, this movie where there's like one big explosion and mm -hmm. apparently the smoke lasted so long that the Coens couldn't film that day because their shot was facing where that smoke tower was um <laughs> cool. which, which is which is cool but yeah these movies are, for some reason are just linked in everyone's mind they came out the same time they were shot at the same time they have like the same kind of yellowy hue mm -hmm. um but aggressively different movies but oh, still they're they're way just different evil, movies but and evil. I, def I definitely saw this for or i definitely saw no country for old men first because i was like oh it's a coen brothers movie you know, uh, this is the one I'm going to watch uh, it. Another two and a half hour long movie. It's it, that one's also a very long movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I watched that and I'm like, wow, amazing. And that won the Oscar that year. And I'm like, all right, well, let's let's see this. No country for old men. Let's see what or let's see this. Uh, there will be blood. We'll see what everybody, you know, people are talking about there. And then you watch this and it's like. Well, No Country for Old Men won Best Movie, but yes. Daniel Day-Lewis won oh, Best yeah. Actor. And this is like... This Pretty is much second, everything he was up for. Right, this is his second like Best Actor one, which put him in like the rank of like only 10 people that have two Best yeah. Actor awards. Um, but you, you should probably introduce the show, though. Uh, nah. 
No. Uh, I mean, this is the real boys. We talk about movies that we do. There's normally three of us, but in theory, there's eight <laughs> of us. And we all have a top five movie. Um, and we go through them and watch them and talk about them. Um, I'm going to start calling this Jack Billings presents some nobodies real boys. Um, well, it'd, be, it'd be some nobodies presents Jack Billings is real boys. No, no, no. Jack Billings always presents. Um, well, but there's two of us and one of you and we're more creative. So we get title. Whoa, covered. Well, well, it's like, Jack, uh, it's like some nobodies guest starring Jack Billings presents. Wow. That way you can get a guest. Yes, and maybe a with. you can also get a with if you want. Oh, D- Dylan's asleep. He doesn't. Like, <laughs> he doesn't like this kind of talking. Oh yeah. Well, well. <laughs> no, then... it, it doesn't sound religious or Norse. We True. <laughs> Norse. Mm. Well, I know you're in the Vi- you're in the Viking journals <laughs> right now. Your Viking yeah. dream journals. All right. Before yeah. we bore Dylan, we'll we'll hash this out afterwards. Um... <laughs> so bore yeah, uh, that's what we do. We talk about movies. Uh, you know that we're. We're we're the real boys. <laughs> Some, um, somebody's so, presents in, internationally yeah. discussed real boys movie. An podcast. internationally discussed <laughs> movie podcast. Borderline uh, internationally hated podcast, but yeah, that's true. I'll wear it. Uh, yeah, it's just you know, <laughs> for the stupidest reason too. We're not going to get into it, but we're internationally I mean, we like hated. That. We for like the that movie. Reason. It's the tattoos, Zach. You got to cover them up. <laughs> That's true. I, I do. You don't see any right now, do you? I'm wearing extra long sleeves today. Um, yeah. We also, we also got a little bit of hate for not liking um, Dances with Wolves enough. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, in all fairness, we did kind of review it as though it was a comedy. <laughs> it was like Monty well, Python's it, Dances with Wolves. It what it Dances with Wolves is it's sort of its own fault because it does feel like a comedy at some points. You can't hit your head that many times and not be a comedy. Like that's it. <laughs> yeah. Like hitting your head on something is almost equivalent to fart jokes in the nineties. Like if there's a fart in it, it's a comedy. That's how you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was also a lot of farts in that. Unlike this, which there are no moments of comedy oh. in. and no farts. Holy cow. You want to talk about a movie that you cannot feel good while you're watching. It's bleak. Mm. Shoo. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it's bleak. So we finally we get to. Um, OK, so there's a family out in. Where are we, by the way? <laughs> California. Um. This is no. just yeah. California, correct? Oh, is the, oil, the oil he gets is in California. It starts with him in yeah. Kansas. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, we're we're out of Kansas. We yes, we've sold our silver. Um, <laughs> we're we're we about drug, to go we drug buy, ourselves over the hills. Yeah, we're we're just about to go buy a plot of land. Um, someone came to us and told us my family has this huge plot of land. There's oil there. Um, we're not doing anything with it. We don't know how to do anything with it. Uh, we, we have a church. It's in a shack. We have no money. Give me some money. Come to our land, find this oil. And then my father will sell you this plot of land. And he does, which does not go over well. (laughs) With one of these brothers. Um, okay, let's get into now. 
God, what is his name? <laughs> Daniel Paul Dano. Paul Dano. Yeah, Eli? Paul Dano's character, Eli. Eli. Paul is the Paul is the one who sells the land in the first place, but Eli is the one who hangs out for most of the movie. Yes. Well, I, th- I thought yeah. his name was oh. Paul. I thought his name was Paul Sunday. Paul Sunday, but then it's Eli Sunday is his brother. Yeah, the, Eli yeah. is yeah. Eli is the brother. Paul Dano right. is the actor who plays him. Right. Yeah. Um. So. So yeah, he's hoping to get some money for his church. Um, which I'm going to call it a church, even though it seems very cultish. Oh, it's a church. Mm. It's a church in the, in the 19, early 1900s. Absolutely. It's yeah, it's a, it's a weird one. It's a weird one. I'm, I'm not super up on my, on my, uh, Christian churches through the ages, but, Mm. uh, if I saw this church now, I would be like, um, this is a cult, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So he, yeah, you guys can help me out at any time. I did watch this a couple days ago, so um, I'm not, you know, I'm not as fresh on it as you guys are. <laughs> but we well, get to this church and it isn't a shack. It is a shitty ramshackle. There's 10 people in this church and... So we get a little bit of money from. So it, it, this is the scene where Paul Dano, like uh, he, he throws Satan out of the church, right? Yeah. So yeah. Now, now there's a way to look at this movie, right? Like he pushes Satan into Daniel Day-Lewis, right? Because we know later that, that Paul Dano is not a great guy. But if you watch the way they film, and, and I watched this scene like twice because I thought that it was filmed in a very weird way where you see Paul Dano and he grabs the, the spirit of Satan or whatever and he starts throwing it out. But for some out of reason, the, out, of the, out of the church. But for some out reason- Out of the woman's arthritic- hands. Right, right. And, and he, but yeah. he throws it, like he's starting to take, take it out of the church. But the camera then- becomes mobile and you kind of take on the view of the evil presence where you're being pushed out of the church and then he throws it and he goes and then you're out of here forever what but as soon as he does that the camera spins to daniel day lewis and you're like i wonder if they're trying to say that they just put that spirit into him because like up until then he could have been a fine guy who knows like he's not yeah. great uh yeah, but you there's don't really but yeah, you do notice that he's very smart. Um, he he builds the plans for extracting the oil out of the ground, and you know he's he's down in he's down in the shit. Like he's down there. He's working. Yeah. Um, and then once we get, I I would have never thought of it that way because this is not some sort of supernatural anything. No, but the biblical Otherwise. metaphor, the biblical well, see, metaphor in this movie is worn on its sleeve without any without really yeah. any subtlety. Well, there's there's parallel religious uh storylines going on if you think about it. There's Paul Dano's very clear this is a Christian religious church. <clears throat> but if you watch the way that Daniel Day Lewis treats oil, uh like, you know, he does baptize, he does get baptized in regular water or whatever, but you know, when he finds oil at one scene they put like a little they like, you know, mm-hmm. christen this kid with oil and mm-hmm. the way that Leo you know, he like puts his hand on oil and he holds it up just the same way like, you know, like a religious prophet would. So yeah. there 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 is a way to look at this movie as though the oil is a negative religion. It's mm. physical yeah. sin. 
Right. It's but also the church, sin, they're baptizing themselves in it. But the church is also a negative religion, especially the way Paul Dano's doing it. So yeah. it's like it's like a weird way to view two different forms of faith uh from bad people. <laughs> yeah, we're the, this is definitely a bunch of bad people. Uh yeah, but so yeah, um we're introduced it, it and it seems like yeah, Paul Dano really is just trying to get money for his church. Um, it doesn't even seem like he cares that much about... Well, maybe he cares too much. I, I really can't tell his motivations because he does seem very motivated by money. Like, he is trying to get this money. Um, but it also it seems like it's just an act. And at the end, he does have him sort of renounce his. So he's using his religion the same way that Daniel is using the oil. Yeah. So you're, yeah, yeah, that, that sounds feasible. (laughs) That's what they do. He's a self deceiver. And I think when he speaks at the end under duress, admittedly, I think he is speaking truth even though as hard as it is for him to confront it but yeah. then he tries to put the mask back on and then the hard times come about and he re and he is asking for money he starts the movie ends the movie and continues the movie asking for money and the rest of it is just for show mm-hmm. which you know it's relevant in some ways to modern stuff yeah um, i mean it's that's sort of the way that like these mega churches and stuff do the same thing. It's like not really, they don't really care about your eternal soul. <laughs> They're just worried about buying another mansion in the hills away from everybody, which again, uh, this was, I was hoping that Phil was going to be on this one <laughs> because there is, there is a, a thing that, that Daniel Plainview says in the movie. He's like, I he when he's talking to his quote unquote brother, um, he's like, I hate just about everyone. Mm-hmm. All I want is to be able to move away from everyone and just be by myself. Yeah, to make enough money to get away from people. And then Standard Oil gives him that opportunity. They give him they're like, we're going to make you a millionaire. And that would be plenty to do what he originally says he's setting out to do. But then that's not enough for him. Because he, at that, because he at that time, more. he's got the brother. He has a somebody else at that moment. Yeah, but also that would have been enough for them to move out in the middle of nowhere together. You know, but, it could have been the three of them out. Right. In but, a compound by themselves. To Daniel Day Lewis, he was always looking for someone that had the drive, the determination that he had. When his fake brother came back along, he was like, You gave me a new breath of energy. Like you gave me a second birth. And it was because he was being worn down by just people, you know, just people doing their thing. But when he thought he had a brother, the same way he thought when he had, you know, HW, was that I have someone. Now I finally have a partner. I can do way more. I can make double now. We can do so much more. So before where it was, I would just want to get away from people because he didn't like people. 
But when he yeah. had a friend, when he finally found a friend, which was his fake brother, but and you could see that that day that he found out about the brother being fake, that whole day, you can just watch it wear on him. And you're like, he doesn't want this, but he kind of does because it is the first time he's had a friend in a while, even though it was a lie, you know? So, yeah. and it, it, it's, it's so odd just watching people deceive each other over and over and over again for different things. You know, Paul Dano, like he kept saying like, Oh, I'll bless the well also. And then you'll, you'll say my name again. And then you'll, you'll also mm -hmm. say my name again. Uh, yeah. And then you'll introduce me. Uh, so he's like looking for fame for doing this. And, you know, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis is looking for, you know, fame and money because nobody can do what he does. He's the only one that can find this oil. He's the only one that can do all this. And then even the brother comes in. He's like, I, I, I don't really know. I don't even really know what the brother's like. I guess he wanted the money. Yeah, yeah I think he's just... To yeah, because I mean he's destitute. He has nothing. Yeah. Um, so when he finds out that there's this guy who has all these oil fields, like he knows that this guy is rich. So when when his actual brother dies and he has the the journal, he can you know fake it enough that he does believe him. Um, um going going back to the people offering him enough money to retire effectively there's a through line of pride being what ultimately kills people in this movie and daniel day lewis's character explains he hates people he can't stand people and so i think the reason he turns that offer down is because it's another person offering it to him and he can't take that he wants to mm. be the one to initiate i have this give me money for it as yeah, opposed to, to someone it. approaching him and saying you have this, let us give you money for it. Yeah, that, that's the scene where he winds up saying, I'm going to sneak into your house at night where you sleep and slit your throat. Yeah. Which he uses HW as the excuse. But yeah. You can see that he was getting mad through that conversation from the initial approach. Yeah. On this last rewatch, I was, I was look, I went into it looking at it under like the lens of, is this a generation thing? Like, is there a thing where it's like, uh, one generation's hardworking, the next generation's just trying to take. Uh, so I was curious if that's what they were trying to do, and I really didn't get that. Um, no. Although, yeah, I, I do agree with you, Dylan, that there is a lot of just pride uh, on everything. Everyone wants their name. Everyone wants their business. Everyone wants, like, even HW at the end is like, look, I'm going to start my own little company. And he's like, mm. well, yeah. then no, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know you. Mm -hmm. I, I yeah. will kill you. So, you yeah. I, my rival, and my competitor instead of my son. Yeah. Yeah, that's so the so HW, but from the very beginning, this is not Daniel Day Lewis's actual kid. No, he stole his kid. Well, I don't think he stole him because you see the other guy with with him. Well, and the, then the when guy he, who dies in the in the hole, I oh, think that was his that was okay. his father. And then, okay. I, and then Dan Day Lewis is like, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take him because I can yeah. make money. I can make more money with a child. And I mean, he's not wrong. Not at I all. If I, I don't know if I buy that. I don't know if that's confirmed in the movie. He says that to HW. No, he, he says did, it no. To him. You, you definitely see that the, the dad die and you see uh, 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 him take the, the child right afterwards. I'm pretty sure he stole HW. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, there is no get on board that. I don't there think there is that, no, that, there's hmm. no indication of any sort of wife or girlfriend or anything that would have 
you know, been with Daniel Day Lewis that would have had this child. He just sort of showed up as a baby. <laughs> and the the guy that the guy that died in the well, which another brutal death. <laughs> holy cow. He got just impaled by by that uh pipe. Yeah. Um yeah. but he yeah, he's definitely the one earlier holding this child and he's the one like kissing him and and feeding him and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, I I don't think for I don't think that that was his actual child. Yeah, I for I don't know why I feel that that's how I took it was that he stole this child. Uh but man, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I have to re- I guess I'll rewatch it again just to see. Yeah, I, I also so. don't think he stole him. I think he he was the only one left and he was like, uh, cause there was nobody else around when he took that kid. Yeah. So I think he was just like, uh, it's either me or I'm going to let this kid sit out here in the desert and die. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll look at I mean, it, it. It makes sense. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I was under, that was in my brain is like, yo, he straight took this kid. Um, but, he might have. I'm, yeah. I might. I might be wrong. I might just not have been paying attention during the initial phases of this movie. But yeah. it felt there were some moments where it genuinely it felt like he genuinely cared about this about HW, and it felt yeah. like at the beginning when he like offers the kid the whiskey. No, that, if you actually look, if you look on the Wikipedia for "They Will Be Blood," it says uh, under the plot. It says, following the death of a worker in an accident, Daniel adopts the man's orphan son. The boy HW becomes his nominal business partner. I recant. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that, that that was what it felt like. And like I said, it, it didn't seem like he stole the kid either. Um, but the only the only time that I felt like he was really like he had any affection for this kid was when he came back. Mm-hmm. Like because he did like he cold heartedly let that kid on that train. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. A- yeah. After he after he set that that cabin on fire <laughs> tried to kill the two of them um which i i didn't quite understand that either like his motivation for that like it was right after he lost his hearing but that it's, seems a little bit it's after he sets fire to the bunkhouse and yeah it, it hw is causing problems there yeah. are enough problems, and that is all he needs to get rid of this kid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he loves him like a good partner, you know, like and, yes. and, and like like a business partner. Uh, when you're making money and things are going good, you love that partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, once they become a little bit uh, not 100 on your side, <laughs> they probably got to go. They got to go. That's it. If Zach, yeah. if Zach tried to set fire to my bedroom, I'd probably mm-hmm. put him on a train to boarding school. Dylan has yeah. put me on three trains so far, and I just keep <laughs> getting off. <laughs> well, he just he I'm just like, didn't what? get. He just didn't get a big enough guy to hold him back from jumping off. That's true. But <laughs> yeah. that it's is hard. like that scene. That's another Daniel Day Lewis acting scene yes. is him getting off of that train. And he's just straight face. He heads right for that car. The kid's screaming. The guy's like holding him and he doesn't even give him a second look. I know. Um, and I love that. Even before that, like he doesn't really even say anything nice to HW. He's like, that's enough. 
HW. Yeah. That, that's <laughs> enough. <laughs> yeah. You're like, ah, man, I guess that's as nice as you can get, fella. Um, but yeah, it, the scene though that really got me the most was when Dan when Daniel Lewis is in front of that school board, whatever that is, and he's like just telling them about how he wants to put that thing in there. Uh, he wants to do oil and all the land. Like that scene was just so cool. And uh, looking up at the trivia. It turns out that scene was 100% improvised by Daniel Day-Lewis. And at the end of it, uh, PTA apparently just looked at him and goes, that's exactly Daniel Plainview. He served Daniel Plainview up on, on, a, on a platter. And I thought that was so cool that, it, once again, it, it, he is such a great actor that he can fall into a character so much that can he can just give you what that character should have yeah. given you without any direction. And I mean, yeah. yeah. He's kind of the prototypical, like, great actor. When people think of great actors, they say, Dan like, Daniel DeLuise's name always pops up. He's also the one people think about method acting. He mm -hmm. probably yeah. didn't leave the Daniel Plainview character while filming this movie. Yeah, he's definitely not some someone I would want to be on set with. <laughs> it no. seems yeah, like... True. It seems like that would be a horrible experience. Yeah, apparently on set... On set every Wednesday, uh, the whole cast and crew would just eat like uh, medium rare steaks and straight vodka because they wanted to stay in the same kind of aspect, at least for one day a week, that Daniel Plainview. And that's all he did was just eat steak and drink vodka. And mm -hmm. <laughs> that's just so crazy. <laughs> yeah. And we're. Yeah. That, this, the steak is sort of a through line. Yeah. I guess that's I guess that's a uh, like back then that was like that was what you ate to show that you had money. Oh yeah. Cause he's even, he's ordering big steaks. He's like two just big steaks and, and whiskey and water and goat's milk. <laughs> Lots yeah, of goat's, goat's milk, milk in this I movie noticed. for the kid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the only time that I really felt like he did have was when he came back from the school and he's like hugging on him and, and you know gets punched it, a little bit it it feels like yeah getting punched a little bit and he doesn't retaliate he's not like he's just like i deserve this get it out of your system um but that that felt like he he had genuine like yeah. emotions I mean, in that he, scene he's still riding that baptism high and like it'll it'll wear off after a little bit and you can see that it does mm -hmm. but you know that, that is after his repent you know his penance allegedly. but there, there is there is something to, to be said about the way pta how he directs certain scenes a lot of the scenes you, you get day to day lewis very up close uh you get a lot of his face you get a lot of his thing but there are times when he's interacting with some people and the camera's so far away and mm -hmm. i'm curious if he's looking at that as like this is all for show this is just for other people and that scene is one of those scenes where oh, that it's scene pretty is far a, away it's and you, really far <laughs> yeah and there's a couple scenes that are very far away and you're like i wonder if this is like to kind of show that this is Daniel putting on a show for the people because he is a great salesman. He's a phenomenal speaker uh, and, and he knows what people want to see and hear. So I'm curious. And I, I do think that there is a little bit of uh, maybe love, maybe remorse, but uh, it is interesting when you watch those far away scenes and try to determine like, hmm, there, here's some emotion in this scene. I wonder if that's for us, you know, like yeah. the, the viewer or if it's for the people in town. But there's also that dinner scene uh, right after that when they're sitting there. It is closer up because yeah, it's true. the only thing in frame is is Daniel and HW. Um, and, and eventually, is, 
It eventually gets eclipsed by his interactions with the other oil guys. Though. Yeah, that's also true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So there was a couple times when I felt bad for for Daniel Plainview, but I also didn't know if I should be feeling bad for him. Like, yeah, I don't in, know. Like, you know, he, he's not a great guy, but he's also not a bad dude. Like, he, I mean, he's a bad, he's a bad guy, but like, uh, you can see how he gets to where he is and yeah. you can see that it's, it's mostly hard work. And then when he kind of gets called out for not telling the truth or whatever, and then somebody else is really taking advantage of him. So it, it is interesting because you're not really supposed to root for him, but I'm also not really hardcore against them. It's like, nah. yeah, the, the scenes, <laughs> the, the, the scenes that like, I was like smiling at the, the scenes that, that did lift my spirits a little bit in this movie. Well, the scene where, uh, Eli comes up to him in the field and he just smacks him down. <laughs> like he's just pummeling him into this mm -hmm. mud. Yeah. And then that's sort of the scene where, where you get the fact that Eli is also not the person mm -hmm. to be rooting for in this movie because he's sitting there at the dinner table, um, just coated in mud and oil and it's dried and he's just staring at his father. And then he starts just going off on this guy. And then he beats the snot out his father <laughs> and it's like, Oh, this guy's also not the guy that we're supposed to be rooting for. I guess we're not really rooting for anyone. in this. Movie. Right, which, is, which is weird because if, if Daniel day Lewis at that moment baptized Paul Dano in the oil to give him the bad shit. And then Paul Dano went severely down <laughs> after that, you know, and started being very aggressive, very mean. So it, it is weird to see like, like that, oil and water you know it just kind of like try to get together and try to work together but just not uh yeah, yeah. Here, cool. well daniel plainview like throughout the movie until his break at the end he is ruthless and he's amoral but he never goes out of his way to cause active harm to people mm -hmm. which is something they could have very easily done you know you kick the dog as you walk past it and mm. then the audience knows yeah this guy's not cool but until it keeps you kind of on his side, like Zach said, where it's like, it's a lot, he does a lot of hard work and he's very charismatic and yeah. he does the steps he needs to do to get his goals done until things start to fall apart. And you see the person behind the mask when he kills his imitating his fake brother and then the time skip and how he treats his son. And of yeah. course the end with Eli, it, yeah. you, you, until then the, character you see is not cruel beyond his inability to form like a deep connection that he'll prioritize over his business but he yeah. very clearly is an atheist from the beginning like he's like there there's no, there's no way god exists i work hard for everything yeah. until he gets baptized and there is something weird about those two characters crossing lines right around the baptism of what the other one doesn't really care about mm -hmm. you know what once the indelos gets baptized by the holy water or whatever uh christians did in 1911 or whatever uh which is probably some kind of goat urine um but until <laughs> then like he's just a hard-working dude then things go really wrong um it's the yeah, only it, time it, it, it is weird it's the only time in the movie he surrenders power to another person willingly. Yeah. Cause yeah. He, he, he like when, when what's it? What, Bandy, the other, the, the landowner that he can't yeah. get the land from when Bandy is like, get baptized. I don't care about money. 
get baptized. Yeah. And then he has to still prod him at the service. Stand up. I'll go yeah. with you. It's the only time in the movie that Plainview surrenders to another person. And even afterwards, his behavior doesn't really change. No, it does and a little during, bit when his son shows up. But then during he slips that, back into it. During that baptism, it doesn't it doesn't feel like anything besides an act that whole time. Like he's he's foregoing his pride, but it's just to get what he wants. Like right. he's he has not accepted this Holy Spirit of you know whatever is going on here on his face. You can see that he's not buying any of this. There, yeah. There's a brief moment when he's crying about abandoning his boy where it does feel. I, I know. I'm abandoning my son. Oh wait, no, he's right here. Wait, I, oh. I was thinking of the <laughs> SNL skit as well. Zach. I, uh, yeah. Um, but oh, sorry, there's sorry. a moment, there's a moment where he is talking about HW and it feels mm. potentially yeah, like, he is sincere and then it's like he remembers why he's doing it why he's well, doing it yeah but he also it's the first time that he puts his own <laughs> actions into context too if you think about it like most yeah. times it's like i work hard this is what i get uh every, all of my actions calls this effect but this is the first time that he doesn't say like i, I made a business decision like i abandoned my child i've abandoned yeah my son and it's the only time that he takes any kind of action that isn't look at my hard work that that was something that sinks into him and then the baptism and you're like wait a minute are you are you changing dude are you are, are you different now like it, it, can god be that good i have no idea i doubt it um but yeah it, but yeah that, that scene is so so cool man like uh, the thing about this movie and when you watch it like daniel day lewis is in every single scene except for mm -hmm. two very small scenes and that dude yeah not only does he eat up scenery but he makes you feel that you're in the right spot at all times and yeah. the, the way the camera moves slowly at certain things and the way it hangs on to certain things it's just it, it you're always looking for daniel day lewis you're like well what, yeah. what, what, what what's he doing right now i you know i, I need to know it's it's such a riveting character um that i think only lewis could have pulled off like expertly yeah i and love this movie I, I love this movie good job man yeah it's great yeah. it's great um and i i appreciate i appreciate the close-ups on on daniel day lewis i think this might be um where he looks probably the best thing mm, i don't know man there's a there's a couple of shots in gangs in new york even with that oh eye that you're like you are a good looking dude he's, he's great we, oh my god yeah and we also do get that that scene where they're swimming uh shirtless daniel day lewis i i appreciate that as well mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> i don't i mean look we are talking about a, a very sexy heavy, man oh, very sorry. serious movie so if i can't talk about how fucking good Daniel Day Lewis looks in this movie. I'm yeah. just going to be depressed by the end of the podcast. Well, this, this movie in general looks fantastic. Whether yeah. it is the way the camera is positioned, how it mm -hmm. moves, how the characters move, how mm -hmm. the setting is portrayed, everything is practical. When they blow up, when that oil derrick blows up, they blew up and burned a real sized prop of that. That's a real yeah, set that, that it's lit on fire. That is uh, the it doesn't look you, you know the human eye can pick out computer generated oh no, yeah no matter how good it is no matter how good it is the human eye can generally pick out fake fire and fake motion mm -hmm. and, and fake this blood. movie 
This movie does not have that. Yeah, and fake blood. Blood spatters are a big one nowadays. But this movie is like physical mm-hmm. and it's there. And you know, there's a lot of it. It's like, also it's also very tact it's also very tactile. This movie, you can you can almost feel this movie. There's a lot of times that it's it's just very vis I don't know. I I Dylan, I wanted to ask you a question though. Why is this called There Will Be Blood? Uh, it's a promise. Uh, it's a promise to the audience and everybody involved in the oil comp- in the oil industry that when you come onto something as valuable as this, and when you come into people as ruthless as this willing to go get it, you're going to eventually spill blood or blood of the earth. I don't know. Yeah, don't like- Michael, what do you think? <laughs> that that's what I also thought was that eventually because this is back in you know eighteen what is it eighteen ninety eight. To 1920 something Nine, yeah 20 something yeah like that's in order to get the oil you had to be so ruthless like i can't imagine that anybody with oil money wasn't responsible for many deaths whether whether like firsthand like whether they killed someone or just the unsafe working conditions but it was sort of for those people it was like whatever these people are expendable the people that work getting my oil to make my money are expendable yeah i was yeah i was really like trying to get this religious i I was trying to construct this religious conspiracy when it came to this movie uh, over the past like two days and (laughs) i had this idea i was like well you know blood is is pretty religious and and, uh, christianity and and, and blood of the earth and if this is like they're both of their religions and you need and i was like really trying to like concisively put together this weird religious conspiracy theory and i couldn't quite get it together um but you can see where the veins of this were. Uh, I, all, I can, all pun I can, like, I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> I learned, I learned how to wink today. Oh, good. Can I can see up? that, but but they also spend so much time working on the Daniel Plainview and the oil side of it that they don't really like. There could be this exact movie in this exact timeline taking place at Eli's point of view, that would also be very interesting. Just, you know, then we would only see Daniel Plainview when Eli saw them. We could see what happened with the religious stuff and it would probably fill it out. But that's not the story that we're being told here. We're being told Daniel Plainview's story here. So the only thing we know about Eli is what we need to know about Eli to, to, get Daniel Plainview's story going. Now Eli's death, how did you how do you feel about that scene? It's intense. Um again, this is one of those this is one of those scenes where no action, no second is wasted, but it is also long and it is drawn out. Um and you can definitely, you know, cuz he's Daniel is passed out drunk on the floor of the bowling alley (laughs) with his, his steak is sitting there and his drink is sitting there. His, his Butler guy is trying to wake him up. He can't Eli finally, you know, succeeds in waking him up. He's asking for money and Daniel's just sitting there and just gnawing on 
this steak that is so overdone it made me uncomfortable <laughs> i didn't know what it was at first and i'm like oh yeah at a certain Ew, point, that's just a well done like, steak why would you do that that's why i don't boot. yeah that's why i don't that's why i don't drink that much while you cook because <laughs> you, <just laughs> you forget to take it off it's got rest for a couple minutes guys come on <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's it's a horrible looking steak but but yeah you can you can see him like here's this motherfucker asking me once again for money. He has done nothing for me. He has done nothing but cause me grief. He has done nothing but get in my way. And here he is asking me for more money. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I did laugh a little bit. I don't know if I should have, but when he gets up and he's just throwing those bowling pins at him. Yeah. Hilarious. Maybe it was just because that was all the levity that was in this movie. I've been watching this movie for two hours and 25 minutes at this point. And now here's this crazy old man throwing bowling pins at this guy. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm just laughing because I have to. No, but how does how does Eli's death uh, juxtapose uh, juxtapose with um, the the fake brother's death? Because that was just an emotional, uh, just sad. Like I don't know if that guy should have been murdered, but I get it. (laughs) He he. That was that was the one. That was the other point where I felt bad for Daniel Plainview was when he, you know, he's got that gun up to his head and he's like, the guy's like, look. This is what I did. And he tells him the truth, but he's like, I, I can't let this, because if this gets out that I let this go, he doesn't want to, but he has to. And then even, I don't know who this actor is that plays his quote unquote brother. He's, he's the guy who takes Brendan Fraser into the caves of the mummy. Oh boy. The guy that has all the different (laughs) necklaces and all the different religions. Benny or whatever cave guide. Yeah, but but the like the death that he has is like uh, it it's brutal (laughs) because he gets shot in the head and he's like for a second you're like did he actually shoot him because he's like stuck and then he just dies and it's like holy fuck (laughs) like (laughs) wow it is my favorite style of headshot death in a movie the, what, the, hand the on? non non-dramatic you don't necessarily like have the have the exploding skull i love yeah a, you know i love a good exploding head but like the non-glamorous is like oh it's oh, not glamorous it's no <laughs> yeah. you definitely can't pull off a django kind of uh head <laughs> blow off in this movie um but yeah, this movie is just gritty, and it's weird to find a movie that doesn't really have the good guy. It doesn't really have a, a happy ending. Uh, it's not a standard plot. It's a character yeah, study. Yeah, there's really no arc, really. It's like, this guy really wanted some money. Mm, found some shot it. He's, <laughs> he's smart enough, yeah. and he is hardworking enough that he yeah. can do it. It's just a yeah. downward spiral the entire time. Yeah. Yeah, there's then, not many movies that feel like this, though, which is no. cool. And then the Eli's death is also brutal because, Mm -hmm. you know, he's sort of scampering away. And then we just show Daniel Day-Lewis from, I guess, Eli's back of his head's point of view. 
Yeah. But we're just yeah. looking up at him and he just slams that thing down like three or four times and that's all it takes. And then the last line of the movie, he's just sitting there and the 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 housekeeper guy comes down and he's just like, I'm done. I'm finished. And then, I'm finished. I'm finished. And that's that's the end of it. <laughs> another Perfect. another beautifully ended movie <laughs> yeah yeah like i like that that is just an ending you know like that is a solid ending it doesn't yeah. like go to something else and go well, i wonder how uh the sunday family is or it doesn't go to hw it's like I'm yeah finished. we're we're finished we're done because get, this get is the story here. we're being told we're not yeah. being told hw story we're not being right. told the sunday family story we're being told daniel plainview's story and that, as far as I'm concerned, is the end of it. Whether he died shortly after, whether he committed suicide, or whether he just lived out the rest of his life there alone in that big house, it, who knows? But he's finished with whatever he was doing. Whatever he was doing is over. HW yeah, is no longer a part of his life. His his sort of rival throughout his his oil bearing days is gone that's the end of it yeah and job's done it, i can rest yeah it's perfect so cool so cool now this was the first movie that does not have um uh what's his name uh philip seymour hoffman from a pta movie usually pta uh cast philip seymour hoffman as the lead or co-lead of all of his movies up until this one who do you think in this movie if philip seymour hoffman was in it who would he have played The brother, the uh, no. his 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 uh, second hand man, but who's currently played by Kieran Hines, the guy who's like, can we speak alone? Well, he's my right hand man. He's here. Oh yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah, that'd be pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. I, or, I mean, I could have seen him. I could have seen him as one of the Standard Oil guys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, show up as a uh, the old old man, uh, uh, Boondoggle, whatever that guy's name is. It yeah. Convert. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or, this the, is, or the Sunday Father. Yeah. Now this this is uh, Quentin Tarantino's favorite PTA movie, and I thought that was really interesting because those guys are like really good friends, and uh, Tarantino kind of views PTA as like his rival. That's one of the words that he uses, and he says out of all PTA's movies, this one is uh, his best work. And I, 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 I think that I agree with that. Like I love yeah. almost all of PTA's work, but. There's something so brilliantly special about this movie that cannot be touched by anything else, especially not anymore. They cannot make this movie right now for some reason. And I don't think that they would even try. Like you need an all-tour to make a movie like this. You need somebody that has like a firm grasp of storytelling to be able to like push this kind of movie past uh you know corporate like suits because you're like they're like this movie blah, blah, blah. this this movie works a hundred percent and i'm so glad that it exists yeah i i think um i think paul thomas anderson might be able to get something like this made like like you said uh, like auteurs like maybe quentin tarantino could get something like this made and put out in theaters now but you wouldn't be able to have an like an up and comer make this movie now because right now everything needs to be a spectacle in order for them to put it out on you know on big screens but and 2007 was not that long ago <laughs> no 
No. So, but as far as so movies, it was, though. I mean, pre, pre Iron Man, before you get to Iron Man and Dark Knight, movies are, are boring. From 99 <laughs> until 2007, movies were roughly the same kind of thing. It was yeah. post Matrix, post Crow, everything's dark, everything's kind of techno y, uh, there's computer shit. And all of a sudden, you get the two beautiful gems at once. You get this and No Country for Old Men, which just like, it just. Yeah, it just it, it like makes the bed for you to lay in. It, it does yeah. such a great job of being like, look, I know there are cinephiles still out there. Here's a gorgeous movie. Um, yeah, and and then know. Iron Man comes out, and then we have only spectacles from that. Sure do. Yeah, because the block <laughs> the blockbuster takes over. And I mean, this movie only made like I think it barely made like even to this date, it's at like a hundred million dollars. I think it's not even like that much on like a twenty five million dollar budget, but. If if a movie right now makes a hundred million dollars, that's a complete failure. You know, yeah, like because you the, spent two hundred million dollars to make it. I mean, even it. even the movie like the Joker, uh, Joker, which had really no special effects to it, that was a what sixty million dollar movie, and that's considered a indie film right now. And for that movie to make only a hundred million dollars after fifteen years would be yeah. such a failure. But this movie yeah. is complete winner. It's it's one of those things I, I like I don't understand there are certain things in all mediums music movies video games like anything it's like it gets nothing but critical acclaim but for some reason people still haven't seen it or read it or played it or listened to it and it's like I it's it's just, because of that it's because that weird phenomenon that came out that people have this movie and No Country for Old Men linked in their brain and it's very odd that if you ask the majority of people about this movie they'll probably tell you uh, the cattle prod thing and yeah. something about the word friendo and uh, or, or you know and, and you're like well, that's the other one because they yeah, they, that's they, the other one they feel the same and this could be a Cohen a Cohen movie almost um, the characters aren't. Yeah. As as explosive, but um, yeah, but yeah, I think that people just kind of they filed this one back too many times. I think because of what happened right before it, what happened during it, and then boom, two thousand eight came, and then blockbusters became everything, yeah. and people are like, oh, let's forget about that. It's, I mean, because uh, look look at Paul Thomas Anderson's last like three or four movies, like they're not really that great. What do you have like the, the Phantom Thread, which was a, a very cool movie? Before that, there was some garbage death race, yeah, death race. <laughs> and then before that was something else that was crazy in 2012 predator oh my god okay so uh, i'm not sure which that's, side of that one's going. i'm gonna fight all w.s anderson not Paul Thomas anderson. <laughs> i know like are you gonna say mortal Kombat next yes <laughs> monster hunter that's a good yeah, one though. that's a good one yeah uh i would like to see i would like to visit the alternate reality where the Coens did this movie and Paul Thomas Anderson did um, No Country for Old Men oh. because they would have been two completely different movies. But, and I don't know if they would be as good as these versions that we have, but I would like to see them. <laughs> yeah, I think that the Coen brothers would have put a weird like a, a weird amount of humor in like two big scenes in there be blood. And it would have kind of pulled you back a little bit and it yeah. would have been very clear as to who the good guy is. That's the only thing that they're very good at. Here's the person you root for. <laughs> and here is what they're doing. Uh, yeah. Whereas in, in no country for old men, uh, I, I really think that if PTA did that, it would be a gorgeous movie, shorter, but gorgeous. Yeah. And, watch. Maybe we would have gotten some closure for Josh Brolin. 
I, I hate the I hate what they did to Josh Brolin in that movie. Yeah. Was that a thing where, like, was like, wait, was this Tommy Lee Jones the whole time? Was that what that was? Is that uh, is a spoiler? No, I don't believe it. No, it, it definitely was. <laughs> I think there was a thing where like the, one of the characters was another character the whole time. I think that yeah, if we watch no, no, it again, no. yeah, there's there's the theory that it's the entire thing is um Tommy Lee Jones's dream. Yeah. They, oh, I'm. Are we doing? Statute of limitations on spoilers is over. Yeah. Yeah. Josh Brolin dies off screen. I love it. Yeah. Off screen. Yeah, I and I it. hate it. But, but also he's like Tommy Lee Jones too, or something. I don't know. I, guess. I need uh, to watch. I think I need to watch old country for old men again, because yeah, it's, it's been a, a, a stint since I've watched that one. Well, do you want to do I, a, apparently, apparently but, I feel like uh, getting sad lately. <laughs> I don't know if you'll get sad with no country for old men. It's not a sad tale. It is just, it, I mean, it's like, it's bleak. desolate and it's very bleak. Uh, it's not sad though. It, it's, it's, it's exciting in a dark way where you're like, dude, you gotta not kill people like this. Why are you trying to be a friend though? Where'd you, where'd that come from? You gotta not kill people like this. Zach, that, Zach that, Wiseman, words that, to live by. That, that bolt thing is one of the most atrocious weapons <laughs> I've ever seen ah, in movie it, history. Yeah, it seems almost like humane though, because it's, well, it's I mean, an instant kill. Well, I mean, that's that's how they kill livestock. So, I mean, it yeah. makes sense. It is one of the most humane ways you can kill animals. Uh, but yeah. still, just walking around with this hydraulic you know, oh, no. shooter is just is it's so brutal. Crazy. But And it, then just flipping like, coins and shit. Yeah, if somebody's anyway. going to murder me, I wish they would use one of those things on me. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather that than like a, like a bowling pin. Yeah. Oh, definitely more than a bowling pin. Yeah, uh, <laughs> hit, hit an, me with the bowling Anvil bowl. and gravity. That's how oh. you're gonna you're gonna fall on an anvil. Come on, that's what a stupid hey, thing to say. Anvil ground from high enough up to the same thing. <laughs> yeah, that's I, true. So is water. I you guess. know what? It would it would be kind of fun to get like my head smashed in by a falling anvil, like I was a Looney Tune. <laughs> yeah, I want like a piano, but then I also want to slowly survive it and just have keys hanging out my mouth. and then a big and then a big bump forms on the top of oh, your head with little gra- like, and then you just and then you just die anyway yeah, you just <laughs> but at least it's <laughs> funny yeah because i have like birds around and like you know the the lump goes up and it like lifts my hat off my head a little bit yeah. it's like oh, <laughs> wah, 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 and then zach wiseman's dead and then we get to see the weird um your old uh ju- your old conjoined twin that lives on the top of your head and that's why you <laughs> never take the hat off the back the back of it. oh you saw maleficent or uh, uh, yeah. uh was it malicious or malignant ma- Malignant. Maleficent. Maleficent 3. Maleficent 3. That's a completely different movie. (laughs) Cancerous backwards. I don't know. I guess. Oh, Uh, dude. That movie was cool as hell, too. Look for for my five-minute review on that on Quick Cuts, uh, a daily podcast in October. Dylan, have you seen that yet? Not yet, but I know about it. Yeah. The first, like, ten minutes, I'm like, does it look like that guy's running backwards? (laughs) Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. (laughs) It's awesome. Uh, all right, reels. Wait, what's what's this coming Friday? What, what what's the next movie? Reanimator. Oh. Reanimator yeah, is on Friday. Reanimator. Yeah, love that. Oh God! And then my least favorite you know movie is. It's of coming. all time is next you Monday. Oh, I wish I hadn't taken like a whole month off of this show because I would have taken a week <laughs> off next week to not. There's talk. only oh. 
there's only one movie on the list left that I'm looking forward to less than Boondock Saints. What's that? It's something that I watched a lot as a teenager in the 90s. Eight? Uh, no, I again, I'm not ever watching that movie again. I, I renounced that movie, but uh, it's Ace Ventura because I remember the ending of that thing and oh, I'm yeah. just going to be a downer oh. that entire episode. Yeah. I definitely got to stop that like five minutes from the end. It's going to be yeah. great. It's, oh, it's more than five minutes. It's like the last act of that movie. It's going to be a great episode. Oh, so much just homophobia. There's oh. <laughs> just a lot of throwing up. Oh, God. So much right, throwing right. up. Everybody's just throwing Everybody's up because they kissed up. a guy. God, I've... <laughs> I'll save this story for Ace Ventura. Yeah, okay. Yeah, let's save <laughs> Let's save some... All right, Reanimator Friday. That's cool. Hey, Dill, where can you watch Reanimator? It's on Tubi for free. Ooh, I think it it's also on Shutter, which you, which everyone should have. Yeah, mm. Shutter is the best app. <laughs> it's not. It it's is. Not it's the, the only not one the I would pay best. for. It's all horror. You, it's, so... it's the only place you can see Joe Bob. Well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, let's do reels. Let's do reels yeah. and get out of here. I don't know what Joe Bob is, and I, I don't. Is, is that a Billy Bob? Joe Bob Briggs. Thing? You never watched any of uh, it doesn't matter. Is it a Rob he's, Zombie he's like movie? A, no, he's like a horror movie host like Elvira. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's like the guy Matt from Headbangers Ball. <laughs> D- Matt- Michael, don't tell me you don't know Headbangers Ball. No, I know Headbangers Ball, but Matt Pinfield was not from Headbangers Ball. <laughs> no, not Matt Pinfield. Matt- the guy with the, with the spiky black hair. What was his name? Was it Mike? Hey, Matt, whatever. Doesn't matter. I know yeah, a piece of media from before 1994. The head, the headbangers ball guy. Okay, I think it was so actually ninety four exactly. <laughs> Maybe ninety two. Anyway, so Friday is Reanimator. Monday is Boondock Saints. Oh, um, and uh, sorry, I have Just to get it over with. <laughs> I have to get over. I have to get this throw up out of my mouth. Um, Boondock Saints one, <laughs> a Phantom Menace. This oh, so let's anyway. let's get our reels and our plugs going. We'll start with Zach. Oh, okay, cool. Here first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, before I give my reels, uh, I want to throw special props out to our fellow boys. Uh, you have Mr. Chris Harvey. You can find his couple episodes of Chris and Chris Show uh, on everywhere that you listen to podcasts. Chris plus Chris Show. Uh, you can also hear another one of our boys, one of our boyfriends, uh, Justin, <laughs> Justin Wallace, and his show Carpool Shenanigans, uh, where he talks about uh, how to change the socks of a dozen kids at once uh, using just uh, household utensils, which is very weird, uh, and also anime shenanigans, which is an offshoot of carpool shenanigans, where he just has shenanigans in the car while anime is playing. You can also find uh, Mr. DL Smokes uh, on his show, Oops, Caught Me Smoking, and he's got another show, too, with one of our other boyfriends, uh, <laughs> Mr. Jerry and Blaze. Uh, Jerry and Blaze, The Crowd Chronicles. Uh, you can also find their sports show, which I don't remember what it's called though. All bets bet are off. That with bet Jan, off. with Jan and Darian. Bet that. With, <laughs> bet that with Darian and uh, Jan. What? <laughs> uh, who else? You also have Mr. Phil Better with his uh, all of his his weird podcasts, uh, such as Go Dylan. Uh, I'm Phil Better than you, and I know it. <laughs> <laughs> or go ahead, Mike. 
Feel better by only drinking vegan smoothies for a month. It's he gives out a bunch of vegan smoothie recipes. Um, yeah, that will definitely cleanse your entire digestive system. That's true. It is part of his. Bleach. It is. It is part of his uh, bigger feel better by colon uh, <laughs> uh, categories, and it's how to get your colon to feel better uh, by. So feel better by uh, vegan smoothie, whatever. Um, anyway. Is that all of our boyfriends? Did I get all of our boyfriends? Yeah, I think so. Right, fine. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. okay. So this movie I absolutely love. I'm going to say easily nine out of ten reels. Uh, I really can't find the fault in it, um, except that it just doesn't have that rewatchability that I would love out of movies that I absolutely love. Because if you do catch this a second time within like a month, you're like, I'm probably just going to watch something else. Uh, but this movie is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, nine out of ten reels, and you can hear my voice on everything that some nobodies does. Uh, everything that Dylan writes, uh, I will say we have a bunch of really weird things out right now called create your pod venture where you can find out what it's like to be the the the, the tech master of something that uh, tells you what you need and whatever that means uh silicon angels which maybe has a season two who knows <laughs> if i ever get my shit together <laughs> and start doing some work uh season two will come out very very soon uh but either way i appreciate all of you guys i love you uh drink a lot of water and keep it safe i'm out of here all right it's my new catchphrase okay cool uh <laughs> i thought it was gonna be office Oh no, we, we hang out sometimes afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're gonna keep you up on screen. You can we're remove gonna, yourself. You're you just have, gonna be uncomfortable. You, you have control. Um, <laughs> this is Dylan. Uh, I'm also in some nobodies, but uh, I'm giving this a nine out of ten. Also with Zach, um, kind of for the same reasons. I know that at some point I'm going to watch this again, but this is not a casual movie to put on. Um, it's not something to just kind of have running in the background. And I think there's something to be said for like easy rewatchability, but. Man, I wish I hadn't slept on this one for so long as I did, because this this is a this is a real craft of of filmmaking. So nine out of ten on my part. You can find me on everything Zach does. Uh, we do twitching upstream on Tuesdays most of the time. Uh, we've got so, you'll listen to Silicon Angels. Yeah, we'll be doing it tomorrow. You can tune in, uh, leave a comment. We'll be doing stuff. Silicon Angels is great. Cyop appeal is great. Uh, Zach manages to take all the p- stuff I put on the page and make it sound good. So props to that. Well, uh, it, it is in English, so it's pretty easy. <laughs> it is in English, mostly. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, mostly. And, yeah, that's, I think that's all I got. Uh, there's my little title card. Uh, follow me at Vorpal Words on everything. I've got some stuff I'm doing at some point, uh, hopefully in October. We'll see. Yeah. To you, Michael. Cool. Um, I'm giving this thing a 10. I like very, like, I have a perfect movie thing. And this is one of my perfect movies. I I can't take my eyes off of this thing when it's on. There is something to be said for a movie that I don't pick my phone up anytime when I'm watching it. And this is one of those movies. I, I can't I can't look away from it. Um every time I watch it, I, I'm even more enthralled with it. So um this this is a perfect movie for me. So that's gonna give it a nine point three total. Um, that's up there very high, which I'm glad I, I picked a bad fifth movie, but the rest of them <laughs> seem to have gone yeah. well so far. I think that's the I highest. Think that's the highest yeah. Yep. Awesome. Um, and I'm glad that it was just the three of us because I think we're the only ones who properly enjoy it. <laughs> Although uh, Phil better did give it an 8.5. So 
Oh, we got to add that into the thing, though. I think that drops the score. Well, Come on, Kyle. It's like, it's like 9%. It's like 90. I don't it, know. <laughs> it drops it to a 90%. It'll drop it to a 9. That's fine. Um, so I am on... Just follow me on Twitter at my neighbor, M-I-C-H-1. I have links to all of my stuff there. Uh, so the only two things that I'm going to really plug, three things that I'm going to plug today, um, is uh, Generation Clash, where me and my kid uh, talk about music from our different generations. It's a pretty cool show, and we have a lot of fun doing it. Um, I'm doing a thing in October where I'm going to put out a review of a horror movie every day, five minutes to seven minutes, very short thing. That's called quick cuts. Uh, despite Dylan's uh, insistence that it's called something else that I don't remember. Schlocktoberfest. Schlocktoberfest. Also a very good, God damn it. You were too late. It was already named. Um, and then Jack Billings presents uh haunted apartment complex, which is, it started off really good this time. We took a while to get my neighbor Michael going. This one it took off like it hit the ground running and it hasn't stopped. Um, so check that out. Um, and yeah, that's it. We'll see you on Friday for Reanimator, which I'm super psyched for. I love that movie. That's movie. definitely one that we watch every year in this household um, for the October one horror movie a day thing that we do because we're maniacs. <laughs> so that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, we will see you on Friday. Love Bye. you. Bye. <laughs>